background. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, lads, I know you're going through a lot of awesome growth at the moment with your business, uh, personal lives, and, and I feel just everything, you know, you're really diving into the deep end at the moment. So I'd love, yeah, in what way would you kind of describe your journey to starting to starting Area Academy and, and what that has entailed for both of you? Wanna go first? Maybe you go first, I think it's yeah. Okay, cool. So um, for anyone who doesn't know, we're in the hair industry. We are an upskilling facility at the moment, but we're actually human beings first. But we are an upskilling, <laughs> we're an upskilling facility for our business is an upskilling facility for hairdressers and barbers looking to take their career and lives to the next level. So we've very recently reframed ourselves um, and our purpose. And our purpose is, is to build and inspire lives through hair. So hair is now a key to the door to unlock the deeper stuff. But to go back to your question about like how it all kind of eventuated to that, to that point, I think it really happened organically. It's like the universe brought it to us to a degree. Um, obviously, we were both in the hair industry. Um, we're part of Area Studio, which is a very successful salon. We kind of achieved all we could really achieve when it came to that. Um, and then it was like, there has to be more than this. And what, what's the use of us knowing all of these things and having all of this knowledge to share if we have nobody to share it with or if we just keep it to ourselves? And historically, our industry is kind of built off of competition. Mm. And now it's about collaboration because how is the whole industry going to move forward if we don't collaborate? So I think it happened kind of organically. And then the pandemic kind of gave us an opportunity to actually put a structure in place and that structure has continued to evolve and it continues to evolve up to this day um even yesterday we had a bit of a debriefing and planning session and things always change you know as we are on our personal growth journeys the business is equally growing um so yeah that's basically my side do you have anything to say lee yeah i think um very similar to Owen, we, we're both in the hair industry and in the education sort of business for different brands at the similar time. One, I think, pivotal moment that I observed with, with Owen in particular is like there was a moment of like restriction there. There were certain voices or certain personalities around trying to restrict that those movements. And, uh, you know, I, I was conscious enough at the time to sort of nudge him in the right direction and be like, don't listen to that here. You've got too much to share. Um, and yeah, it, that organically came to me too. I felt like Owen helped me a lot with embodying that role of sharing. Um, again, I have a lot of knowledge stored away in the tank many, 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 many years in the hair industry and sort of a bit of life, life advice as well. So um, yeah, it's, it's come together pretty organically. Um, but I, I, as an observer of where really did Area Academy start, I feel like there was a, was a bit of a restriction and then it was a bit of a kickback from there. Yeah. And it's, I'm so glad we did because, yeah, it's, it's grown, grown into something that we couldn't even see coming. So. No, and it's beautiful. And I really honor what you guys are doing. Like, especially, say, for example, a lot of uh, the, let's say the demographic of people who listen to this will be majority male. All right. And obviously the barber industry is something that is so paramount to men's life as self-care and looking after yourself. And, and I feel like from an outsider's point of view, you guys do a really good, a really good, I want to say job, but I'm not sure that's even the right word, but a really good job at, I guess, displaying it as a as a real high quality experience and also yeah reaching them at a level where it feels like it's uh it's it's it is like a high quality thing to do do you understand what i mean like mm-hmm. it's an important thing to do and and uh, to look after yourself but also that it is such an art form in itself right and 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 displaying that in a way that makes it more than okay but actually uh, a statement, if you understand what I mean. So from your perspective, what, what, would you, what would you say have been your biggest struggles with breaking through, say, the stigmas around masculinity in itself? 
That's a good question. And I think what you're explaining there is so multifaceted. You know, our industry is so multi-leveled. I think this identity of like tying, yeah, tying your identity to the haircut um, and then driving this whole image of masculinity through that has been a bit of a struggle. The openness to see things different, Mm -hmm. to be curious, that's been a big big hurdle of ours to spread that kind of awareness and openness to new ideas Um, because it can certainly get a little bit unhealthy um, you know tying your value and your ego to these things Um, yeah like I said that's quite a deep one it's almost like you've got to dig through the layers to see what (laughs) there's each layer there's a a new hurdle I think the big one is is awareness and, and really doubling down on what is hair to people like what do you even think this is like what what do you think we deliver and then we can tell you what we think we deliver um i think the understanding between the client and the professionals it's a little bit off there's like a degree of separation and i think it's getting wider um yeah there's many many hurdles um but that's probably the big one of the understanding of what even is this because we can be seen as service providers but you know to us that gets boring very quickly it's yeah. very one-dimensional. I think what would have happened in the past is that men would have got a lot of value from the experience and the ear that the barber gives them in terms of being able to speak about different struggles maybe in their lives mm. and this and that. But I think where it's been mistaken over time is that now we're almost seen as some sort of therapist, but a lot of people don't have the skills in our industry to deal with that type of stuff. Yeah. And I think... Barbers might have, over time, seen that as an opportunity to use it as marketing to get people to come to their shop, but then they're not armed with the skills to actually have those conversations with people. Yeah. And, and we always say that too. It's, it's kind of a bit of a dangerous road to go down. Like in, if you're trying to bring that out of people, it's different. If people are your friends and you're just there to listen and support right. and give help and you build a good relationship with your client over a number of years, that is perfectly fine. And I've I know I've helped loads of people with just by just listening or being there. Mm-hmm. Somebody they can speak to that's neutral, a neutral perspective. We don't really care either way. You know, we're not gonna be in their lives only maybe once every four weeks or three yes. weeks or two weeks, whatever that is that they come back to us. But we're really trying to just um I guess yeah, bring that client and professional relationship a little bit closer together and give the understanding from both ends. Um, because yeah a lot of it can be just seen as almost like a trend but what you're doing is you're playing with something that's very close to people's hearts and dangerous um, of course. At times. and I think like where we're so passionate about it is you know we have this conversation a lot is about healing you know yourself first I mean you, you can it's very hard to have the capacity to help someone else if you haven't kind of tried to help yourself first and that's I think one of the big hurdles as well is like this expectation of hairdressers and barbers to be that ear and to be that voice but a lot of the a lot of people that we you know this is going to sound like a dig on the industry but it's not a lot of the people that we actually attract to the industry haven't put the time into doing that work to to help themselves first and so we're really passionate about that that's why you know we even introduce ourselves we're humans first we need to realize that let's get that bit right and then all this little nice little glittery bit that we put on top that's that's just the added extras yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> well it because it really is you know and i think something that i was thinking about as owen was describing that as, as well hair has been seen as this like material possession that we can just go and buy whereas i don't always know if that was the case you know let's think talk about but when barbering maybe become popular let's 100 150 years ago you know it would have been a very a thing that men did uh because it was practical you know and it it just happened to be the ear there was an ear there as well whereas now it's become this material thing that we can just buy and and all the wires are getting crossed and it's interesting man what an interesting industry (laughs) no and it's beautiful and obviously i definitely have a a foot in that industry at the moment obviously Mm. working in a barbershop whilst running brotherhood and and um you know, I went and got a freshie today and, and I've really come to enjoy the experience and understanding of, um, of like men's grooming and even, you know, understanding the fundamentals. But I feel like, and I really see it, like I really see what you're saying, how 
often the barbers can be like a therapist to people, you know, I've, I've seen it firsthand for sure. And obviously studying psychotherapy myself, I, I know, and I know you lads know as well, the importance of being able to hold space. And as you said, you can't take anyone anywhere you've never been. So it is so important as, as a barber then to take the responsibility to do your own work in not only for the good of yourself and your business and the people around you, but obviously if you like your clientele as well. So f- for you guys, I know, I know we talked about, cause uh, for anyone listening, I met these lads at an awesome event called nail it and scale it by the one and only Kerwin Ray. And I was saying like, I was literally, I was, I was chatting to a girl today at work and I said to her, I was talking about meeting you guys. And it's like, when you meet someone, it feels like you've known them for fucking years. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's what it felt like. Right. Um, and I, and I really resonate and love what you're saying of pairing the barber industry and education with that of let's say personal development or looking inwards in yourself so where do you feel you're taking that approach moving forward i feel um yeah that's kind of our unique selling point really and we don't even have to sell it because it just hits people in here it's like in the heart if anyone's just listening to this it's just one point in my heart um because that's what really matters beyond it all. Like what Lee said, we're humans first. I've been trying to detach from identity of I am a barber. This is what I do. Like I do a lot of shit. I don't just do barbering. I don't, you know, I, I go cycling. I go for walks. I, I do normal, regular things. And it's sometimes just about bringing things back to basics and fundamentals. I think these days we try to, we're always trying to outrun the next and try to discover something new. But, Really, all people want is a good understanding of core fundamentals of life. Um, and things such as breath work, meditation, taking just moments for yourself. Like, that's something that in our industry is completely foreign. And it's not cool, you know. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been stigmatized as cool. Society, society hasn't really made it cool until now. It's, it's starting to... It's starting to definitely, yeah. But in particularly in our industry, it's definitely not cool because... And that's where I get a bit confused about this whole barber meant to be holding space for people, but then that stuff's not cool. Yeah. It's like, is it really just a marketing piece or is it actually coming from the heart? And that's a lot of pressure to put on barbers too. You know, so if you're not, because some people just start cutting hair because they think it's a cool thing to do. They want to just cut hair. They don't want to have those deep conversations. So I think that comes back to a little bit of personal branding too and how you want to put your personal brand out. If you want to be that ear for people, like we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with a guy called Nazir Sobani, the streets barber, and he's one of them special characters who's really able to hold that space for people because he has a, an understanding of it, a deep understanding of it from his story. Not everyone has that. And we're going through our own stuff. I, I think we're able to maybe hold it a little bit better for other people. But yeah, I think where I'm going with that is kind of like, yeah, I don't even know what I'm going to that. So. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, but it's valuable what you're saying there. And I'll just quickly tie in because like their core fundamental like integrations, like, you know, you can have as many breakthroughs as you want, like even with doing the internal work or personal development or whatever. But like the key, the, the ultimate key part is integration, right? And all those, uh, all those practices you were talking about our integration and there won't be an actual shift in let's say someone's personal life but let's say also in a collective environment unless those practices are integrated into everyday life and that goes for every industry yeah yeah so like what you were getting at with the personal development piece for us we try to instill just good fundamental practices and habits in people that have helped us it might not work for them. It's what has helped us. And we're just trying to share that because if we can share that, then that's more valuable than learning how to do a haircut. The haircutting is just one thing that's going on. It's almost like a bit of a distraction actually from the stuff that we're really trying to get to. Yeah. Like some people are more comfortable to open up during a haircut because there's something else happening in the meantime. It's not as confronting. There's maybe not as much eye contact. It gives people, it takes off a layer almost. It takes off yeah. a shield. Same thing what we do for education, incorporating personal development into it because 
it's not as easy for people to just open up like that, especially as men. As men, it's so hard to get to the root of our emotions and actually express them. So for us to be able to do that in a way where we have something else going on, that's kind of like a fun activity. Um, and that's the way we look, I yeah. kind of look at hair. Yeah. When it's not so transactional, when it becomes transactional and we're just seen as a service provider, then it's no longer a fun activity for me. Yeah. I think something that I was going to touch on while, you know, I was describing through that was someone I heard only recently actually was kind of reframing, you know, the things that we do here, you know, anything that you do, whether it's cutting hair, play music, I don't know, using a camera, whatever. It, I loved the way the saying went. It was like, it's an expression of how great it actually is to be on this earth. Mm. Those aren't the things that make it great to be here. Those aren't like, it's not like, oh, it's only great because I have a nice haircut. And you don't have to have those things to justify yourself. So that, was, that hit really hard with me because a lot of people use hair and the new haircut. Like, like I was saying, it's like you can now go and buy that material thing to justify themselves. Oh, but I look like this now, so I'm better now. It's like, no, 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 this is just the fun stuff that we do on top of like being a human. Um, so it can be a distraction, you know, it can be quite distracting in what we see it as and where we place it in society. But and what it actually is at its core, it's, it's moved from functionality into fashion. Like it's gone from, you know, in the past, like really, you know, some people still go for that functionality piece. That's why they'll pay $10 for a haircut over. $150 for a haircut um, because what they see as valuable is different. You know, they have a different value attached to it and they, they only want it as a function, like nothing else, if that makes sense. They just want to get the hair off the head and that's it. Um, whereas some people see it as like a brand, like a designer brand. And that's where the personal branding piece kind of ties into it well. But yeah, I guess it's just where the person's value systems are at in that moment and we're trying to really dig beyond even because our business entails us doing a lot of business to business stuff where we're helping other barbershops and salons better themselves for their clients but then we're also doing the business to consumer stuff but we're doing business to business so that the business can reach business to consumer so that's where it's really interesting because we have to see it from both sides yeah and we want to bring as much value there as possible hundred percent. And it's like you lads, you know, one thing we talk about within my community is like the process of like leading by example, you know, it's like that we're not here to save anyone, you know, by actually like doing ourselves, but by doing the work on ourselves and showing up in that way, we are merely just being the example and then people see the impact. And then that obviously affords a shift from their perspective. So I'd love to ask both of you, uh, as well like where did your personal development journey start and I guess what triggered that for you both individually <laughs> I've tried to pinpoint this so many times and I actually don't know when it started yeah because there's not like an actual moment it's like no. a succession of moments isn't there well maybe I do know maybe there was like something that I look I I've always been a curious person. I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, I would always, my mum and dad would tell me to do something. I'd be like, but why? You know, not, not, not because, not because I didn't want to do it. I was just like, is there a logical reason for this? Like, I'd, and they get really there frustrated. deeper meaning like, to mowing the lawn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just do it. Just because, you know, and that, that was their kind of uh, autopilot response, which we yeah. all know can be detrimental. I'll do it just because, you know, so. Yeah. But, but I, I have you know, fond memories of always being that curious. I, I think, yeah, I, I went through an interesting relationship when I came to Australia. Um, one that was probably more confronting than ever. There was some personality traits and things that I didn't quite understand. Um, and I think that spun me off into like a bit of self-discovery and is it me? What's going on? And then that, that was, I don't even know, nine years ago now? 10 years ago, been in Australia about 11 years. I'd say it was about two years in. Nine years ago, it kind of just spurred me off in this like spiral of like self-development. This was when like, you know, early days of people putting up quotes and things on Instagram and I'd see like certain people say a certain thing. I'd be like, well, that's interesting. That provoked a, a bit of a thought pattern. And, then, and I started to resonate with some of it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I thought about that before. And then 
I think it's been ever growing since then. I think the internet has been fantastic. Um, we've all had access to a lot of this knowledge and these growth kind of ideas. And I think that's probably where it started for me. Um, and then it was like time, time in the trenches then of peeling back the layers, really observing. I've become the observer of myself and my life, where I'd been and why I was there. And I think being away from home, you know, I'm from the UK originally, I think um, being away from all of my securities and the family and people that probably have uh, shaped the way that I am, un unconsciously shaped the way that I am, uh, was, was good, easier for me to observe. And I think that's probably where it started for me. And I resonated with it, being a curious person, not afraid to kind of question everything. Um, yeah, it's not stopped and it just keeps going. I keep waiting for this moment where I'm going to be like, ah, this is it. I'm here. I just don't, I never get there. You know, I, I might have a breakthrough today and then tomorrow morning I'll be like, oh, there's another thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, I, I think, I think that's where it started. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's, um, it's much like that. It's an onion, isn't it? It's just layered and layered and layered. Yeah. An infinite and I think, um, for me, like, just listening to Lee's answer and, and kind of a, reflecting myself, it kind of starts when you're, when you're born. Like your personal development starts from a very early age. You might just not be aware that it's that. Yeah, the guiding values and principles have been drilled into you from when you're very young. And it's, I think the moment you become aware of them and the consciousness switch kind of goes off, I think that's when we kind of label it as personal development starting. But um, it's been start like it's been going for such a long time um, for me as well, um, and it started through sport. I feel um, getting a good understanding for myself, and I used to use a lot of the quotes to kind of justify my feelings. Like you said, early days Instagram, where it was like things going on. Um, it used to like justify my feelings by putting up these quotes or reading them, and I'd be like, "Oh, this is great! You know, like this is how I feel. I resonate with that." Um, but yeah, even up to like last week, like I was sharing with you guys in the last few days, like I think I had probably the most profound moment of my personal development journey so far. And just when you think that you're, you're there and you're aware and you're knowing shit, like another thing hits you and another thing hits you. And I shared, that's kind of what I was alluding to during the week. I shared something on my Instagram saying awareness is a process. It's not a goal. And we talk about personal development as well in the same way as if it's some sort of goal that we're trying to reach, but we never get there. It's just yeah. a process. And when you sit back and enjoy the process of it, then well, sometimes they're more easy to enjoy <laughs> than others. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a process. You know? like, that's the way I look at it. So I don't know if I can really pinpoint where I started, but where the heavy stuff started to turn around and where I started to think, okay, it's time to make a change in my life. I think it was probably through my partner. She kind of held a mirror up for me because she started doing her work. Yeah. She was just going around every day almost with this mirror up to me being like, <laughs> I'm for you. It's time yeah. for you to do it. But without saying it, but she was just holding that mirror up for me um, because she's a trauma-informed healing coach. Yeah. Those practices such as rhetoric meditation and stuff like that. So it was very confronting for me, um, but ultimately for the greater good. And I'm very grateful yeah. for that. It's been, it's been really interesting for me. I've kind of observed um, Owen's deep dive in a way. Like I've always resonated with Owen in a way. Like I feel we're born on the same day, which is a very random uh, synchronicity that we you know, discovered. At, yeah, we, we <laughs> discovered that, you know, after knowing each other for a good few months. And, but it's been interesting observing. I, I almost look at it like your deep dive. You know, I knew it was bubbling there under the surface, you know, because you can't be this type of person without kind of having an inkling of, the, of curiosity and like, yeah, seeing the deep dive has been interesting, but I said a funny thing to him real early days. I said, uh, don't hang around me too much because it can get dark. <laughs> but what I meant by, but what I meant by that was if you keep going on this personal development journey, there's going to be moments where, you know, it's going to be fucking tough. Sorry, sorry for the cuss word, but um, know, yeah, it's 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 gonna be um, there are gonna be moments where it's gonna be tough, and sometimes you know you don't have people around you, or you may not think you'll have people around you. And I think I probably switched off for it for a while. You know, I did a lot of work. You know, like I say, nine, eight, seven years ago, and yeah, probably just got numb to the idea. Like 
okay, I'm finding it hard to find my herd here. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really amazing to watch, observe the journey and almost just be there to kind of just say, yep, it's okay. This is totally normal. Like this happens, <laughs> you know, funny, my, my girlfriend says to me, like, that I've basically been on a fucking fighter jet, like, you know, like it's, I'm speeding through this process of it. And it's true. Like I'm doing it to the point where it's overwhelming yeah, and very confronting. And yeah. And it's pushed me to places where I never thought I could go. And it gets hard. It, it almost gets harder before it gets better. But 100%. ultimately, it is for the better. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people's ego just won't let them go there. And that's another reframe that I think as men, you know, ego has always been stigmatized as something that's a bad thing. But it's there to protect us, ultimately. 100%. It's our inner child like, that is just saying, best, mate. No, it's your best mate. Yeah. You, and you got to learn to live with it. And what's your best mate saying to you all the time? And, um, That's it. Now, what would you say to your best mate right now? If you're, anyone's listening to this and they have a best mate that speaks to them negatively, would you hang around that best mate anymore? Probably not. So it's no, got to get turn your ego into your best mate. No, so, no. I've, yeah. Go on, bro. I was just going to say, some, some wallets on my mind. Uh, I wonder if you can... Uh, give me some insight on this, but we, we're having this conversation a, a lot lately about how to lead somebody to the door of that curiosity, you know, cause I almost, it's a bit of a gate, isn't it? You know, you almost can lead them to the point of that waking up and, and is it audacious to do that? It, is it like the audacity of even doing that? Because in a, in a sense, you know, like we're just explaining, it can be a painful ride. And yeah. why do you want to lead someone to the to a point of pain? You know, so we, we toy with that all the time. Is like, yeah. you know, is is it? Do you? Is there a way to kind of you know lead people to there or wake them up? Or but is that audacious? Is that just you know? It's interesting. No, I, think it's, I think it's a really valid point. You know, and I think it's something that we all uh, go through on our journey. Uh, for sure i can only say from my perspective that like we can lead a horse to water but we can't make a drink you know and one thing we talk about within my um my community as well and i obviously refer a lot to that because that's really a lot of my herd uh is is you know if someone's not knocking then then that's it you know you can't they don't want to go into the room they yeah. don't want to and if they're not if they don't want to in that moment then they're not meant to you know what i mean yeah. so because sometimes there's a part of us that almost wants to play god and say that this person needs to be different to who they are based on our own yeah. preferences which is actually saying that reality shouldn't be the way that it is which is actually our ego so yeah. which which is like if we're being honest you know so it's it's yeah it's it's that sort of situation that if that person is knocking you know then it's like yeah definitely you know can we can share that because that's they're res receptive to that and again this is my perspective and see this is an understanding you know I, I i was working with the youth and i had this breakthrough just literally in the last two weeks is that i'm actually mm. migrating away from working with the youth because the parents were knocking but the kids weren't so I was actually drained by working with the younger lads because it took so much more energy out of me to try and, I guess, work around where they're at. Whereas I came to the distinction that I'm only actually here to work with dudes who are like fucking 10, 11 out of 10, ready to do the work like I am and willing to do that, you know, and working with lads around my age. And that's, and that actually feels way more fulfilling and way easier for me because it's like, I'm not here to work with people who aren't knocking. I'm here to work with people who are, you know? And I suppose that's, that's, I suppose the biggest breakthrough is that I suppose people will arrive at that door when they're ready. And if it's, if it's you to just merely hold space, then that's perfect. But really it comes down to each individual and, and their own guidance system and where they're at on their journey. For sure. I would say. Mm, that's incredible. And like something that I think there's a lot of power in what, how you handled your situation there's something that i talk to owen a lot about there is like it can get it can get it can get interesting when you you know there's a point where you might need to audit your environment yeah. you know like when and that's almost exactly what you did there you know you audited that and were like no i don't think this is like where i'm best spending my time and yeah. a similar thing with with us you know in our industry it's like striking that line of like 
you know, are, are there even any people knocking on the door? You know, sometimes if there's none, then do we just need to get out of there? Or do we stay the long haul and, and wait until they do knock? You know, like yeah. that's, that's the really hard one because it can be years and years and years of just waiting. And, and how comfortable are you in that, in that situation? And then there's like a moment of the ego comes into play then. Or I, I feel like for me, I'm like, do I just accept that like, you know, you know, I don't want to look at it like too much of a hierarchy, but I'm like, well, I understand this stuff. You know, do I set myself apart or differently to these people? And then it all just gets confusing in there, you know? Like it can I feel like it's if we are expressing we're expressing our own truths. Like if it's something that we believe to be true, we have the right to express our truth with the intention of helping someone else because we're very much the type of people who we learn something and we get such a breakthrough from it that we're like oh my God, like, I, I want to go and share it with everyone, but without maybe the awareness myself that they're not ready to hear it or that I could actually be triggering them by being that way. And that's not the goal either. The goal is to help. It's not to like trigger people. So yeah. it's an interesting space, you know, like I guess people gravitate towards you, but Lee often uses an analogy about being the beacon. And like, if you're not shining your light, people can't find you. If you're not like, if the lighthouse isn't shining its light, the boats will never come to shore or the, the ships will never come to shore because they don't know where to go. Yeah. So like we have to share our truth and like what we believe to be true and what we believe to be valuable to us in this moment because in another year's time, it might be something different because last year it was something different. Yeah. You know, and it's going to continue to grow and to be something different. So it's an expression. It's another way of releasing emotion almost. It's just getting that off your chest, putting it out there while it's relevant to you now. And then, yeah, seeing where that eventuates to. So true, bro. And I love that point. And it's really interesting because I know, I know uh, you guys love Aubrey Marcus and he had a great podcast. I think it was a couple of years ago now where I forget what the name of the guy was. He's, um, he's great at marketing. I can't remember. He's a, a bolder guy. Um, yeah. 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 That's him. Uh, and he was talking about that idea of like the 1000 true fans, you know, like if you have 1000 true fans, you're pretty much sorted. Right but also the concept of by you naturally just speaking your truth as you're saying and just showing up and i'm like this is i'm really only integrating this now with myself is like you'll naturally attract the people who are attracted and resonate with your message because i know for me i've always said to myself continuously is that there's there's like a certain group of people for each of us. There's a certain group of people who like, will hear. let's say for you lads, there'll be someone who will hear the, I will say something and they won't hear it, but based on your perspective and your beliefs and your voice and your background and the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you look like you'll say the same thing and they'll hear it because you're, you guys are their messenger, right? I'm not. And then the same goes for me. There'll be, you guys would say something, they won't hear it, but then based on me and everything that I do and who I am and, and my background, I'll say it and they'll hear it, you know? So it's really interesting. I suppose that concept that like we're each messengers for a certain amount of people. 100%. And I just want to apologize if anyone can hear the background noise at the moment. There's a few uh, people being a bit extra loud, but anyway, um, that's a really interesting point because that's what I get with Carl and Ray. Yeah. He's almost like my messenger. Like I, and I think to be honest, it's because he probably looks like my dad. Yeah. What I wanted to hear from my dad, but I never did. Yeah. And I hope my dad doesn't listen to this, but that's just the fucking truth. Yeah. And so you have your messenger because my partner would say the same things to me and I might not, she maybe gets into too much of the science, but it's the way it's delivered. That's by Carmen and how it hits me in the heart is you become that messenger. And I think people really resonate with the way we speak as well, because we keep it real. We don't try to get too fancy with it, too technical. We keep, we keep it basic and real and we express vulnerability in many ways. And I think that's what's kind of been the key to what our success in, in hair so far I mean, when it comes to education, because we don't claim to be experts, but we will share what we believe to be true. And as I learn things about myself and as I learn things about my ego and I learn things about everything, I feel like it's necessary for me to share that because people yeah. are following me on my journey. They're not following what fucking skin fade I did yesterday, yeah. you know, or anything like that. Um, 
So I think it's, it's of value, but yeah, it's just at that point, uh, we've been speaking about this today, about like there's two questions that you can ask yourself to get to that gateway. And it's Lee, Lee actually created this, but it's like, what's the motive and what's the message? Like if you can ask yourself them two questions, what's the motive behind my action? And then what's the message I'm trying to portray with that, with that action? It answers a lot of questions. It's, it's very introspective. You have to get introspective. Um, and, you know, well, I, I use it a lot throughout the consultation process. Um, and, and when I'm teaching this or sharing this with students, you know, I say some people just have the, that level of self-awareness. They can answer it in a second. Some can. Some can't even get past the motive point. And then it's like, okay, what's the message? Uh, so, you know, it's just almost like a funneling system, um, but it's, it's a great observation to see who can go there. Some people really can't go there and some people really just sit there for a moment and are like, oh, good question. You know, they really want to, you can see the cog sticking and some people just, they're just blank. It's interesting their, their ego just will not let them yeah. go to that point. I feel like you know? the ego comes up from both ends of the spectrum there because people who answer really quickly or have a default answer ready to go. Because that's not an easy question to ask or to answer, sorry. Um, it's almost like a default response, yeah, if, you if you're that fast that, today, you know, you answer that quickly, to a degree. Um, and then it's also, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. So. Well, it's, it's even great because that can be like, a, look, you can say from, let's say, a service perspective, so serving others with like your gifts. You know, that's a great kind of qualifying question because you can see like, oh, who are the people who are really you know really going to resonate with our herd it doesn't make if anyone better than the other it just kind of outlines who you're really here to serve you know which is really cool and i think that is maybe like a hidden little gold nugget there that it is yeah and i'll add to that actually um i heard something over the weekend and somebody was talking to me it's more so about the sales process but it's a very similar thing and we're not for everyone and that's okay yeah like we don't have to reach everyone that idea of a thousand true fans is way more important to me than a lot of yes men following us around or like people that are not going to help us in our development That's it. or we're not going to help them in their development. It's just a whole load of facades. And we're actually in an industry of facades. That's what we are. And we, that's where I struggle because we're helping people create that facade at times yeah. um, when the haircut is for the wrong reason and it's coming from the wrong place. If it's coming from a place of insecurity, you know, like I have a feeling that you like to get your haircut because it's a moment of connection with yourself and with the person cutting your hair. But that's not the, the motive for most people. The motive is I want to look a certain way so people will view me differently or, or I'll be able to pull this girl on a night out or this guy or whatever you're into. Like It's like, that's kind of the wrong place for us to do it. Maybe we're I not- I suppose the they don't know any better, do they? You know, when absolutely. education comes in, isn't yeah. it? Absolutely. Yeah, and it just gets difficult. I, I feel like there's a fast track way to an identity crisis at some point because yeah. the, the the argument I always have is like, what if this goes away tomorrow? What if all this haircut and business goes away tomorrow? I believe that you, Darren, you will be fine. You know, you will believe that your weight in value on this planet will be exactly the same, haircut or not. But that's not it for a lot of people, man. Like they, they've tied their value on this planet to the way they look. And I believe if we are just pumping that out into the world, we're, just, we're adding to that and you know, again, we try to take kind of opinion out of it. You know, sometimes this is not opinion, this is facts. You know, we all know the facts that in men's mental health, it's not really getting better right now. You know, there's people like us trying to make it better. But, you know, I don't like to throw too many of these words out there, but, you know, male suicide and all this kind of stuff, it's, it's not getting better right now, you know? And, and I think that's where we can, we've noticed and I almost feel obligated to try and help it and nudge things in that in that way so yeah because yeah. if we keep adding to it i think it's just going to keep getting worse you know it's like yeah. funny lee's grown his hair out with that long hair and do you want to share a little bit about that like because that's a funny kind of thing that you've done that's kind of like just share that because you said it to your dad and i know the story you're going to tell us yeah well my so so there's a couple of people around me that are stuck in these old school kind of things of old you know short haircut and that's what a man has and you know, that's the only way you're going to be successful, looking neat and tidy, blah, blah. And uh, my response is always, well, I've had the most successful two years of my career, not caring about what's on the top of my head. <laughs> and I said, and, and when you can explain how that works and how a haircut is going to make it any better, then I'll, I'll go and do it. 
Um, but but it's 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 almost like it was almost like an unintentional dig. Like I didn't know I didn't know it's going to happen at the start, but there was a part of me that always wanted to do it. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a great example. And, and there are people around me that say, "Oh, look at your hair, get your hair cut." And, you know, that's always my response. I say, "Well, if you can explain to me how I've had the most successful couple of years, you know, personally, personal development-wise, career-wise, money-wise, like it's." It, honestly the last two years have been the best of my life yeah. um with not caring about my hair then yeah but then it depends what you class is caring you know in my learnings over the last couple of years as well there's a, there's a yogic practitioner that i follow who believes that cutting your hair is not the best care for yourself because your body expends so much energy trying to grow that hair back mm. that you're actually depleting your body of creator energy Maybe that was the trick of why I've yeah, had such so successful couple of years because my creator energy has been optimal. You don't have any yeah. decision fatigue. I don't have decision fatigue. My creation, <laughs> my creation energy has been has been hard. So many right? different like, styles. So, I, I, I so what we're that, saying yeah. is, stop coming for us for haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to destroy the energy in one sentence. <laughs> Airy Academy down the drain from that yeah. one sentence. <laughs> That's where it ended. <laughs> oh, I was that thing I was saying about speaking my truth. So yeah. like, <laughs> oh fuck! Wow. <laughs> That's come around full circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh god no but, but, but I, that's that's just where it's at and you know there was someone said to me the other day you know a guy that we worked with oh get get your head oh Lee, you need a haircut and i just said give me one good reason why and it was like oh you're an influencer and i was like exactly yeah exactly 100%. like show up show up embody the role embody how i the message that i want to put into the world and I just live it. And, and there's been a few experiences lately. I've just gotten to a, a mentorship team in the hair industry. Yeah. And, and a couple of the comments from, you know, a few different people said to me, you were so grounded in your message. And that's because I live it. I, this is literally what I live. Yeah. Being the I, embody, I embody it. And that wasn't always me. You know, that wasn't always me. But I, I, I did, you know, pick myself up a little bit for that. I thought, yeah, I'm going to take that one. You know, that, yeah. that's, that's, that's if, any, if I take anything, that's something that I'm, I'm proud of. So. Yeah, you're in integrity yeah. with your message, you know. You're exactly. You're literally exactly. being the example. Like. Yeah. yeah. And we, we, we have a great, um, a great kind of uh, thing that we talk about, pre, pre and post transformation. This was, this was actually an Aubrey Marcus thing that I heard about. And uh, I like to look at hair. I, I will get a haircut again eventually when I feel like I'm in the right, transformative place yeah. you know where kind of absolute detachment like i just yeah. don't care you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah um i like to look at that i think the hair industry can be beautiful again pre and post transformation yeah, yeah. it's interesting. beautiful and it's really it's really interesting right because i can still see in myself times where i i attach to to the way i look you know being completely honest and i think it's i think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of um, shifting around that paradigm because especially growing up, I feel like what's really beautiful here, let's say for, for our age, right? We're all in like mid to late twenties or for, for Lee, at least you look like you're still in your twenties, eh? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'll take that. A hundred percent. And you know, they'll, we'll have a great influence on the younger generation, right? Because we still, you know, we're not that far ahead of them and we can still speak their lingo, mm. you know? And, and I even know for myself and I'm sure with you guys growing up with the influence of social media has impacted the patterns in looking for external validation. And I really had to shift that. And I still consistently work with shifting that and going internal and, and, remembering that the only validation like true validation can come from myself you know and and i suppose we'll all always continuously go through that i, I don't think you know it's funny we talk about enlightenment and other funny jokes <laughs> you know like it's it's like <laughs> there's no there's no peak to reach and i love that you were talking about that before that it's not like an end goal you know what i mean this was even something i had a breakthrough in like my recent psychotherapy that i had done for myself was I asked to be shown my blind spots and one of my blind spots is that I was always so attached to an outcome like 
like something to reach and that like my fire and my drive i i was so attached to that and reaching an outcome and i felt so comfortable in always striving for something instead of actually just being present in the moment and enjoying where i'm at instead of wanting to be somewhere more you know and, and i feel there's so many people who can resonate with that even as you're beginning let's say this personal development journey you know i had someone say to me that it's actually personal unbecoming you know which is really interesting is that uh, is yeah not getting attached to being somewhere else and i've gone off on a little bit here but i feel, I feel like it really just comes down to realizing that there's nothing wrong with you where you're at like who you are right now in this moment is like exactly who you're supposed to be all the things that light you up are exactly who you're supposed to be and i suppose really bringing that back into even that men's mental health aspect like how beautiful of a realization would that be if everyone had that you know especially living up with the impacts of social media and i love social media don't get me wrong i think it's an incredibly powerful tool however it can have an impact on people looking outside of themselves and, and a skewed perspective on what it means to be a man or what it means to be a human or what it means to be an individual. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You'll never be like, you'll never be happy where you are if you always think that you're happy to somewhere else. And it's like that comparison there is the absolute killer of joy. And you know, that's why the personal development piece and what we do is, is important, you know, it just, and full Apple. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> and the company's been shut down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's beginning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like the comparison there is the killer of joy, you know, like, yeah. and I think what we need to really, a big exercise that I've kind of gone through as of late is just distinguishing the difference between social media being a tool for business yeah. and for it being ready player one where people live their fucking lives because <laughs> that's actually the facts and that's yeah. where it's going to move and if we're not careful if we're not conscious enough about that then we're going to forget that we're even humans yeah. I, I heard a beautiful one from paul check um he was talking about the, the dangers of living a double reality and he calls the life and social media the double reality and life as we know it, you know, it's energetic. We can touch things, we react to things, we're sensitive to all these things, smells, light, energy. He said, that's the real tangible stuff. The social media is ones and zeros. It's an interpretation of this tangible world. And there's a danger of living there too long, too much. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, yeah, differentiate, differentiating between the two. Mm -hmm. um, because what, what happens in it, we, we just, we do, we get a mass disconnection. Like we're so disconnected from what we're even doing here, you know, yeah. and that's when the depression and the loss of purpose and all that can start to flood in. It gets pretty dangerous. And where is the motive and where, what's, what's the motive, what's the message again? It's them two questions. It's like, you know, a lot of people are very easy to give other people praise and comments and everything on social media, but then when it comes to real life, they can't have a conversation. And, and it's really because they want that same praise and that same validation back from people. And that's like an interesting observation that, you know, if you can really get introspective and view yourself from the outside of your body, and that's something I've been doing a lot recently, you know, sometimes I'll go to somebody's Instagram page and what's the motive? Is it to make myself feel better about me? Like, like what, what's that actually serving? Like for me, like where is the service there for myself? And um, it's an interesting place with distinguishing that difference. And you know what, like, and it's nothing personal on anyone, but, I've just been doing a lot of me work and me muting people and not wanting to see their stuff is not me not being interested in their lives. You know, I live out here. I don't live in, in social media. I live out here. This is where the real living is going on. And often I forget about social media. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I wonder why we haven't sold out a workshop or something because it's like, I'm not living in there. That's not where I'm living. The value that I bring is out here. Um, and if we can use that, Social media is just a fishing line. It's just a fishing line. We're just out fishing. Like, that's all it is. Bringing our people to us, the beacon that we can spread our message with, and people will come to us, and then that's where we really bring the value and bring the connection back. Because I think that's a big thing that's missing in the world is connection. 
people aren't connecting. The only time I've really witnessed full, true connection is that like events like this year are fucking mastermind where people are actually there and connecting. Yeah. Um, lack of presence. We've got that attention pandemic going on behind COVID. People think, people think that COVID is a pandemic. We have an attention pandemic happening and AI is getting smarter by the minute. And if we're not careful, we're the ones that are creating what that's going to look like. You can steal your focus. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love, and I feel like that's such an important point. And I'm taking this on as well, definitely. It's, uh, you know, we can say to ourselves that we're conscious for social media, but I feel like for myself, being honest, I can be even more conscious, right? And I love that aspect of the motive or the message. That's really, really beautiful. It's also been like, yeah, you can also even then interpret that like, well, what's my personal intention here? Or also what's like the lesson here? Like, like, is this a personal like intention for my benefit? Or is there like a lesson here reflecting back to me what needs to shift, you know, as well, which is really interesting. Um, but I feel like that really, yeah, hones in the conscious use of social media. And I, is it a tool for your greater good? Or are you a tool for it? You know, yeah. That's a complete distinction. Yeah. Is that like where your identity is based? And um, yeah, for me, that's just completely shifted. And it's taken maybe a few different things for me to happen. Like the, that initial, the initial thing happened for me a couple of years ago, actually, when I was in Bali and I was on a mushroom trip. Um, so I'll do it. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll the lid off, essentially. Um, and I kind of looked at it for what it really was because, yeah, and I was like, I'm falling victim of this. Like, I'm falling victim of this. And like, I think people are still probably a bit like shocked to hear us talking about these things because it's just not common speak. It's not what people speak about. They speak about followers. They speak about this. They speak about clout. And like, what does it really matter? Like, we're all, we all have two arms, two legs. We all get up in the morning. Well, we're all the same at the end of the day, fundamentally. But like distinguishing a difference based on a number of followers that you have who aren't your friends, like they're not your friends. They might show you support, they might show you this, they might show you that. But they're not there for you when shit hits the fan. And a lot of people are living that double reality, like Clay said, where it's one thing on there and it's a different thing in real life. And that's one thing that I really pride myself on is like not being any different to what you see on there what you see is what you get. And if that means that I lose the followers and I have them thousands good bands, then that's I don't it. care. Like, we're not for everyone and that's okay. That's it. And that's fine. Like, yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, and I'll find my people. And that's how you find your heart. That's how you find the people that's that it. are going to actually better your life, essentially. So. Yeah. Uh, that, that's beautiful, bro. And thank you for sharing, man. And I feel like I'd love to ask the both of you, and maybe this one goes to Lee, because I know we're, com we're coming up to wrapping towards the end here. I feel we could talk for fucking two hours because we even went into psychedelics there and I was like, oh, we could have gone on in a whole nother tangent there as well. Maybe part two. We'll have to do a part <laughs> oh, two. 100%. That's it. We'll definitely do a part two. Um, yeah, Lee, would you mind delving? Because I know even Cohen talked about this. Um, you know, the, the concept of herd and community and I suppose even finding your unique herd and then also the power of having, a, let's say, an aligned herd. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's everything, isn't it? Um, that's one of the reasons why I felt like I resonated so much and even why we are having this chat right now is like, yeah. like you say, that's probably why we feel like we've known each other forever. It's, it's, it's the same. I feel like I've known you forever, but like, why? I think you just found your herds. Like, and that is kind of what I was touching on earlier about, you know, how long do you spend in those environments and those moments, not feeling like you found your herd. Yeah. Now, now there's, you can feel that way because you might be a little bit blind to it. Sometimes, you know, some people are a little ignorant to what's actually around them. But, you know, if you're truly aware and you're like, I really not found my herd here, how long do you stay there? Yeah. And something that I learned, which I've been really implementing and um, you know, bringing into my life since I've come back from Nissi is like, you can't just complain about it. I, I fall into this trap of being like, oh, this is so frustrating. Oh, I can't find these people. You, you're the only one that's going to, if you notice it, you're the only one that's going to be able to change yeah. it. And, um, you know, sometimes it's about trying to find your hurt. You know, you can't always expect that the 10 people closest to you are going to be the exact people that you need around you. 
Um, that's a whole nother acceptance piece on its own. It's like, for me, I've realized that those 10 people might be all over the world, you know, they could, or different states or yeah. whoever they are. I might not even know them. They might be like the Aubrey Marcuses of the world, but um, it's about, you know, it's about putting, uh, finding them and trying to touch base with that often. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's everything, man. Like, 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 you know, we learn at Nail It and Scale It, you know, that the, the body at a cellular level, little memory, you know, little memory cells and we remember and it starts to replicate what it remembers. And I don't care how strong you are, eventually you will replicate what your herd shows you. Eventually, you know, it might take a, a 10 years, but eventually you will get there because the, the body, the body remembers that cellular level. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, yeah, careful of that. How long do you spend in those times? And I think my body and mind has a bit of a kickback function in it after about the sort of five year point. It's like, all right, that's enough. Okay. T- time to, uh, <laughs> time to change. If, 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 yeah. If, if, if it's not serving, you know, if it's yeah. not quite resonating. So, but yeah, I love that question, man. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, fired up and back to you as well. What's the importance of the environment to you? No, and thank you. And thank you for sharing, bro. So really resonate with what you're saying. And yeah, like, well, you know, even brotherhood itself is built off of like the concept, the foundation of, you know, I used to play football, soccer, and my dad was my coach growing up. And that was really foundational, you could say, uh, blueprint for me because it was so much of my life and one of the mottos of brotherhood is that together everyone achieves more now we can also know with the team environment and like a collective consciousness that if the it doesn't matter how good your strikers are right if you have a terrible goalie like you'll let in so many goals and it can completely impact the the even what the let's say the strikers and midfielders do right and i'm saying this at a very basic level um for good reason. So looking at your herd as like your team and your network and your environment and how much your herd like directly impacts your results. So for me, it's like, yeah, it's great to have a team together of men, but do, do they all align, right? This can go, not just men, but men and, and, and women in general, you can use this in like relationship, everything, right? Do they align? And yeah, we become the product of the five people we surround ourselves with. And I always feel when I was surrounded by better players, I became better because it called me to another level. Now, I also reflect that with Nissi and being in that environment or the beautiful community I have with training and assisted psychotherapy. Like we're all pushing each other to be better, right? And all showing up. And also it feels like a family. It has that like deeper heart core. Like it's not just we're just showing up to produce results. It's also knowing that you can look at each other the people at your side and go know that they have your back and you have theirs. You know, like I used to fucking throw my face on the line for my team. That was just who I was. Like, you know, we'd be down a couple of goals and I would not like, I would not surrender to, you know, I'd have to, I'd, I'd fucking run after the ball as much as I can, you know? So that was who I was. But also it's like, I, I'd love to be surrounded by people who have that same mentality. So also I feel like that comes to the self-awareness of like, you know, who is the player that you are? What do you stand for? And then also knowing, well, like does the people around, like where, where would your herd be who also align with that, you know, and then, and then surround yourself with them. Because for me, it's like, you know, I say, A, we can't do it alone and B, why the fuck would you want to, <laughs> you know, because it's so, so important. I'm very grateful to, to have met you lads because I feel like it's awesome to be surrounded by you and we definitely align. And I feel like that's such a testament. And I've been so inspired by the work that you lads do. And I'm being honest, like I, I definitely have. I'm not just buttering your bread. Like I genuinely have. And I feel like, you know, looking at the quality of your content and everything that you're doing has pushed me even more to, to up-level mine. So I feel like that in itself is a, is a example and a representation of the power of herd. It's beautiful. Man. Absolutely. And like, likewise, like right back at you as well. I think like it was so refreshing for us to see that there was a, someone else out there doing this work, you know, and, and really on, honestly, you could tell it's heartfelt from you. You can really tell. And I think that's why, yeah, personally I resonate hundred percent, but yeah, it's refreshing, really refreshing. 
So yeah, man, it's like it's interesting. Like when you tie emotions to hurt, and you look at the five people that you spend most of your time with, and how they make you feel, and whether that's a high negative or high positive emotion, or low negative or low ne- positive emotion, you need to audit like how much time you spend in each of those areas. Yeah. Like if most of the people you're around make you feel high negative emotions, like anger and fear and stress and anxiety like that's not who you really want to be spending your time with because that leads to some bad shit you know um so that's uh, do, do a fucking hard audit I would <laughs> yeah audit the room yeah but that that can also get lonely as well you know that's 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 a tough one it's, yeah. it's, it's a harsh realization sometimes yes. you might be like oh no, this is really not where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, of course. But better, better to realize it now than later. You know. Well, so. that's it. It's like What's, the truth yeah. pisses you off before <laughs> before it gets better. You know. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah. what is it that that quote of like most men live lives of quite desperation? It's like something where I lead on with that is like you know, there's nothing worse than waking up one day realizing you spent too much time in the wrong thing or in the wrong place. That's a that's a tough day for you, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, if, if you can, you know, like, like, was it Maria said, or Marie said that at Nissi, you know, there's, there's the friendship audit. Every year it comes around in June <laughs> and she calls her friends and says, look, this is not working out, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Sounds harsh, but like, maybe yeah. you just need to do that, right? Like maybe it's better to know now than, than wake up one day and being like, yeah. damn, I spent too much time there, you know? Yeah. Um, this, this is our lives, man. Like, this is our life. We only have, like, for all we know, in this state of consciousness, is like, this is the only fucking shot we got. You know what I mean? We're only going to be, I'm only going to be 28 once. Like, I'm going to make sure that I do my yeah. best possible job of it, you know? Yeah. 100%. And I, and I feel like this is, it, it also, I think an important point also is that it, it is like a gradual process, you know, like of finding your herd, you know? It doesn't like happen in an instant because it also is an impact of how you're showing up maybe also like your herd is a reflection of how you're showing up as well you know which is also a tough one and i think it's important not to as we're talking about beat yourself over the head but also to be uh conscious to know okay like i have i am a creator of this you know i am responsible and I suppose that's the first moment of a new life when you realize that you're not at effect, but you're, you're actually a creator. You know, it's interesting. My, my mom always told me years ago, like you only need a few good, really good friends in your life. Um, and this is, ties back nicely to what you were talking about with social media and unrealistic expectations, because what we're out there on social media is doing, is we're trying to get everyone to like us. We don't need everyone to like us. We only need a really good core group of people that support each other. We don't need fucking thousands and thousands and thousands of millions of people to, to love to love you. Because that's what what are you really looking for? What what, what validation are you really looking for there? And that's just a connection. That's what you're searching for there. But definitely. Like them two parallels get a little bit crossed over and mixed up, but that's just another level of, of awareness and consciousness and you know. At some point, that will strike you between the eyes. It's just a matter of when. That's it. That's it. And I would say, if you listen to this, uh, you know, you're definitely, you're definitely on that path, which is really, really beautiful. And I'd if love you weren't, if you weren't, you are now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the universe has given you a little tick, saying, "Yep, right, oh. you're on." <laughs> and and that's for all of us here as well. And I'd love to finish off, lads with um with the awesome question that i always love to ask if you were to go back and speak to say a a version of yourself maybe let's say at about 20 years old right what would be like the what would be like the one golden nugget that you would say to that version of yourself 20 years old yeah um just trust, trust that everything is working for you and not against you. It's working for you in the future. Like the more and more I, I kind of go down my own personal development journey and path, the more I realize that the universe has my back, you know? Yeah. And when I trust and I just let it flow and let it happen, just 
yeah, magical things happen. So, yeah, that's it. Beautiful, bro. I think um, I, I've thought about this before. I, I love hearing this question. Um, there's two things that I would say to myself. One that I've worked out before is like, you don't have it all worked out and that's fine. Because at 20, I thought I did. I thought, I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> and just to reiterate with myself, like you don't have it all worked out and that's okay. And the second one is, I'm only really starting to get this out of the way now is like, don't believe all the judgments that you have about yourself or about the way that you were, you were brought, brought up or those kinds of things. Um, not all judgments are true. And something that I learned really recently again from this year was be fair with your judgments too. Yeah. yeah. That would be something because that's held me back a lot and probably dampened my mood or my attitude or those kinds of things throughout my life. So yeah, if, if, if there was one, maybe probably that one strongest thing is like get your relationship with judgment right. Yeah. The rest is, uh, the rest is all okay. You know? That's beautiful, lads. That's beautiful. No, and I would say for myself, it's like, yeah, it, like really tying off of both those things is that the most important relationship is the one with yourself. And actually like becoming your own best, mate, is, is the most important thing. Because if you can't love yourself, then, you know, you're actually, you'll always be pouring from an empty cup. So, so actually speaking to yourself the way you would to you know, a younger version of yourself, you know, like if you're the, if the, the boy version of you or the, the child version of you was to come to you, would you speak to them the way that you speak to yourself now? And be like, no. So, so maybe start doing that. So lads, from my perspective, I do have to run now as I'm heading off to a session, but I just want to say thank you so much for jumping on. I definitely feel there's going to be a part two and um, has to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it it could be part two three four five and six so uh just from my perspective lads just really honoring you for the work that you're doing um i'm, I'm super excited to to see where where this friendship and and these relationships go and um yeah yeah just thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your message no worries man thank you yeah, pleasure appreciate that pleasure <laughs> and say thanks a million Thanks a million. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <I> good Jesus. <laughs> no, cheers, man. I appreciate that. It's nice to be able to, uh, to share them perspectives and points of, of yeah. view that we have right now. And they've been different before. They'll be different in the future. So, uh, yeah. Thank you. Beautiful, lads. And just one last thing. Where can, if anyone wants to contact you, check out your stuff, I'll obviously link it, link it below. But where can they find you? I don't even try to find me. You'll get lost in spelling winning. If you go, yeah, both of our names, Lee is just Lee Windsor on, uh, yeah. on Instagram. So he's, yeah. he's got his own name as his Instagram. And mine is on McCarthy Hair. Uh, so yeah, that's where you'll find us. Beautiful. Well, I'll link that all below. Go check these guys out. They also have their own podcast as well, which is awesome. Um, and you'll have to come on our podcast next. Yeah, we'll have to get you on. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited and no, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, guys, if you listen, thank you so much for jumping on. As I said, go check these guys out. Uh, follow your mission, follow your dreams, follow your heart, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Alrighty, over and out.